Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Week five, thank God it's over. We are going to talk briefly about week five. We're going to talk about the Sunday night game, which actually was interesting. Um, a little bit of what we think happened this week that's real, what is fake. We have to talk about the Monday night game again because a lot has changed with that line. And then uh, we guessed the lines prior to all the games happening for week six, which promises to be better than week five. We're going to go over those. Um, so let's get it started. Let's start with uh, your Chiefs, because let me ask you this. Was this a bigger game? Was the result bigger for the Chiefs, the Colts, or the Patriots? Well, um, I have a hard time finding a lot of losses on the Patriots schedule. So it's a big big game for the the, uh, Patriots, because... uh, And we we did, did this analysis prior to the game. I think their first loss on average is like a game later than Kansas City's and mm-hmm. as uh, as it would happen they did uh, Kansas City did lose earlier. Um it's a huge game for the Colts. I think if you're the Colts, the question was always could you win with Jacoby Brissett and he made some mistakes tonight, but generally speaking he played pretty well. Jacoby Brissett just doing enough, right? Just barely. Your defense scheming the heck out of things, right? They were they both safeties were out. Kenny Moore was out for a time. And running the football. I mean, geez, I mean Quentin Nelson's run run blocking grade on the Dude, he was unbelievable. And, you know, Brissett didn't grade particularly well. Um, but and I think a lot of that was the interception. It was the only pass he threw over twenty yards downfield, the one that was intercepted by Matthew. He only completed one pass that traveled more than 10 yards down the field. Um, but, you know, he he did enough, right? And then it was really just taking advantage of the Chiefs' weakness, which is the fact that they're very soft defensively. No matter how they change the scheme, they have covered better this year, I think. But they they were soft, and the Colts played the game that they wanted to play. They made decision after decision after decision that was sound, and they walked into one of the tougher home field advantages in the NFL, and they won. I thought you were going to say the Chiefs' weakness that they took advantage of was the uh, left ankle of Pat Mahomes, because that I mean, I mean that's that's the that's a real thing. That was the real weakness. He was the Colts played much better in coverage, certainly than we expected. There weren't these immediate open throws, right? So one of the things that happened with Mahomes against the Lions was that he had to spend a lot of time in the pocket because guys weren't just coming open. Both both of the halves against the Lions, he had more than ten dropbacks where he held on to the ball for three more than three seconds. That, that's a lot, all right. And then we saw that happen again in this game. The difference was that once he hurt his ankle, he wasn't able to kill people after that point yeah. in time. So I think we saw the limit of Andy Reid's scheming when all of a sudden Travis Kelsey has a bad game. You don't. Two, their two top receivers are injured. You don't have Sammy Watkins, and you don't have Tyreek Hill. And then the fallback there is to say, okay, well, look, our defense isn't going to stop anybody. So Pat Mahomes, you're the only hope here. Oh. And that was the limit I, I thought of of the Chiefs. So for that reason, I don't think it's that big of a loss for the Chiefs. I sort of figured 
the, the next series of Kansas City, New England was going to take place in New England yeah. in the playoffs. I just that felt the way it was going to be. So I don't think this is that big of a, a loss for the Chiefs. Uh, huge for the Colts, though. Yeah, and the Chiefs also without left tackle Eric Fisher, Cameron Irving tonight gave up three sacks, three hurries, and a hit. You bring up Did, a great. Didn't he also? Shouldn't he have picked up Houston? On that fourth down, That's I mean, some, someone should. As have. somebody who's been on the backside of that run play a million times, you just cut the guy to the ground and you probably get, make the block. But yeah. interesting that the Chiefs had no interest in running the football the entire night, and on the biggest play of the game, they, uh, you know, run the ball at the middle. Um, it, it was a really strange game. I, when I look, the Chiefs in the Mahomes era had never scored fewer than twenty six points. They got half of that tonight in mm-hmm. the thirteen. Um, and frankly, the Colts, if they don't throw a red zone intercept or you know a, a deep in the Chiefs territory interception, this game's worse, right, for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, but you bring up a great point about Mahomes because Mahomes made plays. I mean, frankly, like he had a touchdown. He averaged over ten and a half yards per pass attempt when pressured, but he only completed fifty percent of those passes. He was sacked four times, and without his customary movability, he's not a huge scrambler or anything, but he has. He has just enough mobility to massage his own pressure rate to the point where the Cameron Irving being in there wasn't a huge deal. Uh, the fact that their three their three interior guys aren't particularly good didn't matter. And then when he doesn't have his customary move moving around the pocket, he's far more like you know his pressure rates are far more like the Mariotas of the world than they are about don't, the Mahomeses of the world. Please, that name, don't mention it. Yeah. When your best receiver on the night is Byron Pringle, yeah, chipping away at the defense, that probably tells you you've got a problem. Travis Kelsey, Mahomes to Kelsey has been the number one quarterback yeah. to tight end target over the past year plus, and it's not really close. And throwing to Kelsey, uh, four for ten for seventy yards, Kelsey had to drop sixty five pass rating. That can't be. That can't be what you get out of Travis Kelsey against the Colts, who, by the way have allowed more yards to tight ends than any team in the NFL over the past year plus. So you expected them to take advantage of Without that. Without Darius Leonard t- playing tonight. Yeah, you expect them to take advantage of that. They did not. A guy like Pierre Desir, who's fine in coverage, right? Like, you know, he's he's not a top 10 corner by any stretch of the imagination. They threw in his coverage 10 times, got four completions. You know, so it's like these guys are, are kind of stepping up and playing better than um, I think. But... Th- this is what you want out of your head coaching hire in Frank Reich. There are a lot of coaches that come into this situation, get all of these breaks that the Colts got, and make nothing of it. Mm-hmm. And instead, his team was ready to play. There were a lot of penalties in this game on the Chiefs. Yeah, and the, not, not a ton on... The Colts were disciplined. They, they understood what they had to do to win the game, right? They went yeah. for it on fourth down a few times. Um, they knew they had to win in the run game and they did, and they did so like demonstrably. Uh, so they were able to take advantage of that. So I think it's huge. Here's something to point out. I know, you know, a lot of folks, people we respect, people we like said this, you know, Colts should tank, right? And the Colts have, you know, the type of quarterback that might be a good quarterback for the tank, but they had built the roster really well, right? I mean, I think our friend, uh, Brad, uh, uh, from uh, over the cap tweeted out basically the fewest percentage of snaps played by upcoming uh, free agents and mm-hmm. it was the Colts right so yeah. the Colts have the majority of their players locked up over the next few years Justin Houston was terrific tonight he was one of the splashes right 
um, uh, Devin Funchess was, but then he got injured. But the Colts team is built to win, right? And, and Brissett, instead of being the guy that can guide a tank, is a guy that can guide a 9-7, and 10-6 and six team. And in the AFC right now, when you have, you know, if you look at the teams with winning records, one of them is the Oakland Raiders. But other than that, it's Buffalo, New England, uh, the Ravens, possibly the Browns after tomorrow night, and then the Texans, and then you as the Colts. There are there are almost as many winless teams in the AFC than there are yeah. teams with winning records. You look at the Bengals, you look at the Jets, you look at the Dolphins. This was not the year to tank. And good on the Colts for being competitive in a division that is not good at all. We saw Tennessee play. We saw well the Texans had a bye today, uh, and the Jaguars lost to uh, you know the the Carolina Panthers on the road. This is a winnable division for them, uh, and good on them for for taking advantage of it. The the Colts, it's very interesting, right? So they are one of those teams with a winning record. They have a negative point differential still. Um, they're the only team other than your Oakland Raiders who has a winning record but a negative point differential. Um, the AFC is so bad. So that's why I thought this was a huge game. I have two questions that I think will sum this up. Are the Colts in the running to be the third best team in the AFC? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, we have to see how they play against Houston because I think Houston is a team that can play really well. I joked about ha- them having a bye today, but a team that can play really well like they did today or they're a team that can lose 16-10 to Kyle Allen and, yeah. and, and the uh, Carolina Panthers at home. So I ha- and, and I think you know Frank Reich runs circles around Bill O'Brien. So that, we have to see how they play there. But, yeah, I mean, I think we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I think the Ravens are a team that's a little bit smoke and mirrors. They almost lost today to an FBS quarterback. Uh, and, you know, they needed a, a, a field goal to sort of shimmy its way into the, through the crossbars for it to work. So, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, the, the New England Patriots, I still think Buffalo's fake, and the Kansas City Chiefs, and then a bunch of teams vying for that third spot. And that was going to be my second question. So Colts, Texans, they play each other, you know, on a neutral field. Like, who? you just got to take one. Who are you taking? Uh, I mean, I, I, I still think I still think I'd take Houston because I think coach, I think coach, quarterback, I, I'd take quarterback, right? And I think Watson is so good, uh, especially today. I mean. Yeah, but at the same time, like Reich is that good, and I think Brissett's good enough. And Houston's defense, even though the Falcons didn't take full advantage of it today, is not very good. It's close. I, I side with the quarterback, though. I take Watson. Yeah, I just can't. And, well, and Will I, Fuller today had like 250 yards. I just, I can't and they didn't even have Kenny Brissett. Stills. I can't take Brissett against Watson. I, I really think that Frank Reich is that good that he can make up a lot of that difference. Yeah. And here's the tough thing. While Mahomes... And the Kansas City offense, when at 100%, will destroy that Colts defense. I know they played great tonight, but they will. With Watson and the Texans, I do think it's a little harder because they are not quite as explosive. They don't have nearly as good of a protection scheme and and don't have as many quick throws in that offense. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a little harder. I think you know the Colts do present some challenges. The AFC is just, it's not very good. You've got a team like the Bills, right, who honestly... I think there's a lot of people out there that would say maybe the Buffalo Bills are the third best team in the AFC, yeah, I, and that tells you I all. Fundamentally disagree. I agree. I disagree as well. But I, you would have people that would stand up and beat on a table for the, that. The Titans versus the Bills today, zero passes by either team traveled twenty yards in the air. Um, 
that game, Cairo Santos 04. He did, yeah. And we were, I mean, we didn't give this out. We talked about it because the spread wasn't widely available when we recorded on Thursday. We like Tennessee. Tennessee was driving for the go-ahead touchdown. They they Just actually awful. scored. It gets called back. Cairo Santos misses. They also had one of the worst play calls of the entire uh, weekend where they, on a fourth and four from the 35, down seven, kicked a field goal. Santos missed, missed by 40 yards wide left, I believe. That one was, you know, as as great as the Broncos game was, the cover and the, the outright win, uh, Tennessee was bad. And in a week where, you know, we said there wasn't a whole lot available, uh, we got, you know, some things to work for us, some things didn't. Uh, but uh, that was that was an example of one that didn't. Okay. Um, that game was so bad. Dude, it's it's just brutal. So Marcus Mariota is not good. And it's just, that's it. That's all there is to yeah. it. The Titans are a team that you know nothing about. They'll have these sporadically great performances against teams that aren't very good. And anytime you want to count on them, nope. Sorry. I think we're starting to finally come to grips with how bad the Falcons are. I don't. I, but, but Tennessee's win, like Tennessee had a bye last week. That's the only way I can attribute them winning by two scores against anybody. Houston had a bye this week. Yeah. Um, okay. Do we want to talk? I, th- I think we should talk about the second, uh, I think, big, important game. It was the game that the NFL decided, look, this game is so big, we're going to make you watch 10 games in the, in the uh, 1 yeah. o'clock slot, and we're going to put um, Joe Flacco's resurrection and the Cowboys Packers uh, mega ratings bonanza with uh, Buck and Aikman is the only other game. And when we talked about this last week, it's it's very. I asked you like, hey, do you really think Aaron Rodgers is you know not the better quarterback? Because Dak Prescott's numbers are far superior this season, right? But to me, this was an example of the better quarterback getting points in this game. And the Tyron Smith injury was one that I thought was massive and more massive really than the Devontae Adams one because Dak Prescott is a guy who um, in the perfect situation when everything around him is in good shape can deliver you top five quarterback numbers. But if anything goes off, it doesn't just go to average. It goes to absolute disaster. Whereas with Aaron Rodgers, it's like I actually think the fact that he's an underdog and Devontae Adams isn't there, he actually has to play better because he knows there's less margin for error. And I know people like to hate on Aaron Rodgers, but the guy is supremely talented. There's no arguing that. So this, to me, was a better quarterback getting points situation. The Packers go in there and really kind of steamroll them. Is that real? I think the Dallas Cowboys not being very good or not being the the class of the NFL as people were talking about them is real. Um, and actually, Dak's numbers today, once you throw everything in there, he had two clean pocket interceptions. A couple of those were drops, right? Mm-hmm. He averaged 10 yards per pass attempt, a 10 and a half, you know, both pressured and, and not under pressure. Yep. Like, I thought he made a lot of good throws, um, you know, but it, it amounted basically from them coming back, right? They... They were out of it real quick. Uh, they were out of it real quick. You look at you look at Green Bay here when you're looking at a team defensively that I think can put a lot of pressure on an opposing offense um, in an NFC that's pretty flat. Having a four and one record is a pretty real thing. I think you know we talk about the Lions, but uh, you know I think the Packers, Rodgers, especially without his best player, probably his only player he really trusts in the passing game. Very impressive win for them, and I think you have to take them seriously in the nfc 
that game was so weird because the first couple of drives for the Cowboys, they looked really good offensively. And there was the drop that turned into an interception. Yep. And so all those things, you know, like they they certainly should have been closer. That game should have been closer. And the comeback attempt, the desperation comeback attempt, shouldn't have been a desperation comeback attempt. It really should have been, a, oh, we're down a score, maybe 10 points, whatever it is. Yeah. And instead it was desperation. So that's the bright side of it. And if I'm a Cowboys fan or I'm someone that put, you know, some have some futures on the Cowboys from earlier, that's my hope, right? They don't have Tyron Smith. That's a huge loss. And they still were able, you know, Michael Gallup looked good. But on the flip side, they battle all the way back. They have this opportunity. And that's when Dak's bad interception shows up. And it's like, okay. Now, I don't know where I am because like you battle all the way back and then once you have this opportunity, you blow it. Um, and is that just what's going to keep happening for the Cowboys who had a good opportunity against Teddy Bridgewater in New Orleans and blow it? Um, yeah, the defense was not good. Aaron Jones ran all over them. They had 12 missed tackles as a team. Uh, only got two sacks and four hits. I mean, their defense, What right? we talked about them last year after their game against the Saints. They gave up a significant amount of points in every game after that. Fast forward to this season, they play a Giants team with Eli still playing. They do okay. They give up a first drive touchdown, though. Uh, you know, they play uh, Washington, who's not very good, as we found out. Then they play Miami, right? Like, all those things obscure our vi- vision of them. Last week, their defense played okay, right? This week, they got exposed a little bit against a, a basically an undermanned Green Bay team. I just I look at this and I say, okay, now you look at the NFC East. You have two teams who aren't very good. You have the Eagles who are sort of starting to catch up to the Cowboys in terms of the the poor record, right? Um, Dallas has already played some of the really bad teams. They have one of the hardest schedules in the league after next week, where they play uh, a Jets team that's not very good. Like I I think. You know, we predicted that the Philadelphia Eagles would win this division, and I stand by that. I still stand by the under for Dallas, all that kind of stuff, because again, it was about the schedule, right? It was, and, and this was the easy part of the schedule. And frankly, they they're probably going to get through it at four and two, which is below expectation, I think. Okay, so this is what I want to do. It's not hard to power rank the uh, the AFC because you can really say, well, the only two teams that matter are the two teams at the top. In the NFC, it is a different animal. Yeah. So let's let's try it. Um, who do you think the best team in the NFC is? That's a really good question. I would say New Orleans, just because of the way that they've rallied around Bridgewater as a team. They're, I think their their defense their defense is a legitimate defense, okay. and and offensively they have pop, you know, firepower, and they've provided a good structure for Bridgewater. I think. All right, let's go top. Let's go top five teams in the NFC. You've got the Saints. Who are your uh, Who are you going with after that? I still think I still think Philadelphia when it's all said and done is okay. two, two, three. Um, God, it, okay. Well, the the, the stock <laughs> answer is whoever wins the NFC West. But uh-huh. if I have to choose who's going to win the NFC West, I'm that's tough. But I still I still think the Rams. Okay, so you've you're going Saints, Eagles, Rams, Rams. right? Four. Um. Again, this would be whoever wins the NFC North, but right now it ha- it'll have to be Green Bay. Okay, and five. I think I know who you might take. Well, at five, it's either at five, it's the Forty ers who I think are still better. I think who are better than the Seahawks, even though Russell Wilson played outside of his mind on Thursday. 
the Niners have that, you know, sort of half game advantage here. So I'll go with that. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go with the Saints. I'm going to go with the Eagles. I think at full strength, the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I, I believe that I'm glad they we're have relatively close there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think they have, um, I love Sean Payton. The Saints worry me a little bit because at quarterback, as great as Drew Brees is, Wentz has an X factor and and has kind of the multifaceted offense with the tight ends, with the receivers, with the guys that can go deep um, that, that I think worries me a little bit more. Yeah. The worry for me, of course, with the Eagles is coverage, but I don't think the Saints can cover really either. See, I think we disagree there because I – and granted, coverage is so inconsistent, but I think at the top end, you know, the Lattimore's of the world, Eli yeah, Apple. Lattimore's been awful. And it's t- but he was awful the first five games last year, and then he comes back and it, it, he ends up grading pretty well all on balance. Apple's played pretty well-ish. You know, P.J. Williams – I mean, like Marcus Williams, they have a – I think they're I think they're a pretty solid defense. Ugh. It's defense. Eli Apple's bad. I'm sorry, well, but but the Philadelphia Eagles secondary, when it's depleted, looks awful. But sure, even, but like they're even at their best, they're relying on Ronald Darby, who's like pretty good. But I mean, Ronald Darby, I would take Lattimore over Darby. Well, sure, but and that's because he's younger. And he, and I like McLeod. And I like and I like obviously Malcolm Jenkins. And like I. I think we're splitting hairs here, but yeah, okay. I, I don't mind the Eagles being first. I'm here. taking the Eagles first, then I will go with the Saints, and I don't think I think those are your top two, a la the Chiefs and the Patriots. Yeah. Saints Saints have been outscored by their opponents this year, by the way. Interestingly, well, look, they've had Teddy Bridgewater. That's just who he does. <laughs> um, at three, this one is really hard for me um, because I don't think there's a clear cut third team, um, and the Rams are really giving me pause. But I think the Rams spot in Seattle was really tough. And the fact that they should have won that game, um, I'm going to go with the Rams in third. In fourth, uh, I actually don't think the fourth best team in the NFC is in the NFC North. I think it's the Seattle Seahawks. And the reason being for that is that Russell Wilson might be the MVP right now. Okay. okay, my only my only concern is I think Seattle is winning with a lot of BS currently. Yeah, they run the ball too much. Well, and they play they play base defense. They like have Michael Kendricks covering guys like Cooper Cup around the field, which. And so, if you get any regression in in Russell Wilson's play, and I think they're an eight win team. Okay, I, I'm just going to go and say I think they're better than the Cowboys because Russell Wilson's. In a different planet than Dak Prescott. Agreed. They're better than the Packers because Russell Wilson's in a different planet than Aaron Rodgers. They're better than the Lions because re- rinse, slather, repeat is what yeah, I'm going to yeah. go with yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and it's not like a lot of these teams have brilliant coaches, no. you know, doing majestic things either. No. Um, and then in 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 four, I'm going to go with the Green Bay. Uh, sorry, in five, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. So I would go with Eagles, Saints, Rams, Seahawks. Packers. So what do the Niners have to? So let's let's segue into Monday Night Football. Let's do it because the line moved. We didn't really have much in the way of an opinion on the game. Oh, I had many opinions Thursday, but now our model didn't have many opinions. Now that the numbers at five, there's a slight slight uh, edge here on the Browns. Um, Both ATS even small on the money line here. 
what do the 49ers have to do in this game to enter that conversation that we just had? They need to play a clean – really, it comes down to Jimmy G for me. Um, their defense has been on the right side of some nice situations, right? They got Jameis week one, um, and they got Mason Rudolph at, in their home opener. And it's like, I need to see – I don't expect that to continue – so what I need to see is Jimmy G avoid the like, what the heck was that throw? Yeah. And the offense do some things from a passing standpoint that are sustainable. Because right now they're running the ball at a ridiculous you know, rate and it's paying off for them. And that's not a recipe for winning long term yeah. against teams that can put up points. So that's what I'd have to see. I, I think Jimmy G has been good. But he certainly hasn't been great. I don't think he's the better quarterback necessarily in this game. I, I don't think I know who the better quarterback in this game is. And especially it, in the settings that they're in. Especially in the settings that they're in. And this is a super tough spot for the Browns. So I understand why the line has gone to five. If there was a, if there was a gun to my head and you're like, hey, you have to watch the Falcons next week if you get this bet wrong. <laughs> Then I think, then I honestly think I would have to go with the Browns getting five, but I don't feel great about that because I hate the spot. The spot for the Browns is awful. Huge win in Baltimore. They travel across the country. The Niners are super rested. They're super confident. Um, and I, it, I don't well, know. Jimmy G's got it in him for sure. Well, and the only rebuttal I have, I agree with you that. Uh, the Niners are using up a lot of situational stuff here in one game. You know, yeah. by week they get an extra day off because of Monday Night Football. Uh, Cleveland traveling, you know, it's there's not a lot of familiarity, right? Because it's a an in, uh, inter conference game, all that st- sort of stuff. The thing that the Browns have though is I think that they are trending healthier, right? Greedy Williams went from being out to being questionable. Morgan Burnett, same. Um, David Njoku's on the IR, so that's not good, but. They are getting a little healthier. Defensively, they were really rough uh, for a couple weeks. And on the Niners' side, the Joe Staley injury, I think, will have a bigger impact in this game than it did in their their previous game because Miles Garrett has been playing outside of his mind. That being said, I I always get a little bit afraid about Kyle Shanahan when he has time to prepare for a defense um, because he, you know, as, great. as far as a, an offensive mind, he's uh, otherworldly. So this will be a really fun game. If you are an over better, like we don't necessarily have an edge on the over, but our number is bigger than the market number. So uh, we we do envision some sort of high scoringness in this game, which would which could be fun for a Monday night game. It, it's going to be the last good Monday night football game for quite some time. So. Just go ahead Relish and enjoy it. it. You're wearing your book shirt. I am too. wearing my book shirt. So, by the way, if you're only listening to this and not watching this, you're missing out because us at midnight on uh, Monday morning or past midnight in the morning is yeah. a sight to behold. George, this, George, you're wearing what I normally wear, which is like a like a long sleeve. Yeah, I've got my. It's cold. I got a bike home. Right. It's raining. It's cold. Falls here, and I'm wearing like a t-shirt, which is somewhat mostly what I wear. Also, do you want me to? Do, should we tell the folks what else you're wearing? No, I think we should. I think it's only fair that they know they're listening to analysis by someone wearing uh, flip flops, thong sandals with socks because with socks. It's my feet, like you said, it's cold, <laughs> and and so it's more for it's more for speed and for comfort what, today. What you're saying is that you're just. Um, you're of the Belichick mind where it's all about 
function over form. Yep, function over and form. And I'm here trying to, to accomplish both and failing pretty miserably. Um, I'm really excited for this game, though, because I, I mean, I can't help it. I'm a Niners fan. Yep. And I'm going to try not to get too angry. And I'm an honorary Niners game. fan, as Thank our you. friend Oscar Aprecio uh, once said. Well, on you Twitter. appreciate good football, and when you were growing up, they played some good football. They're amazing, yeah. So there's that. Okay. Now, speaking of what may not be good football, let's talk about some of the games next week. Okay. Before we do that, though, the lock of the week, the lo- Joseph Flacco, he got us there. This, uh, there's some interesting things that happened. So we wrote up two picks. Mm-hmm. The first one is the Falcons, and I want to put the Falcons and the Titans, I want to put them into a capsule, a time capsule, and I want to send them back so far into the the yeah. nether regions of time that they can never get back to where I currently am. Because if I ever, ever, ever have to wake up on a Sunday morning knowing that I am going to be rooting for Marcus Mariota and whatever the hell the Falcons team is, I'm just not going to be able to make it through the day. And that will never happen again. And they got up, unlike the other time when we had them against Minnesota on opening day, they got up 7 nothing. They and gave up just, 100 million points yeah. in Houston. The, Houston, there was a problem, and it was not the Texans for once. Well, let's talk about this because, again, like I would say you know, we have good weeks with Green Line. We've had bad weeks with Green Line. Um, but I think, ultimately, we have been getting pretty good value if you just look at our printed picks this week, or this season, we've been ten and five, which is not bad at all. Decent. You know, it's a pretty modest uh, start. But the we've been we've been getting pretty decent line value of those fifteen picks. There have been three where the number closed where we picked on Friday. There have been three where the number drifted away from us uh, from the pick on Friday, and there have been carry the two nine that have moved in our direction. One of which. Both big, both big of one which was the uh, Broncos, right? Both of which yeah. were this week. You know, where we we printed Atlanta plus five. We talked about Atlanta plus five on the podcast. It ended up closing at four, right? I thought drift out to four and a half, but back to four. So it closed at four. So there's some value there. So that pick is offering a little bit of value, even though it didn't work out, right? It was the same thing with week one. Atlanta closed at three and a half, where the pick was at four. So again, there's some value there. You know, the, uh, but the Chargers, uh, the Broncos one was the bigger one yeah. because that one, there were a couple of reasons that we really like that. The first was, uh, you know, using, just looking at ELO, right? And the way that we say, hey, look, the score ended up this way, right? On the scoreboard. Yeah. But if you look at how the players played and the way the grading shook out, really the score was more like this. And the Broncos were like a two and two team. Yeah. So there was that. There was Joe Flacco, Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders. That run game, all grading very well relative to the way they were perceived. And the fact that the Chargers were coming off of a win against a fake team in the Dolphins, yep. playing at home to a Broncos team that fan base travels well. Yep. So all of those things conflating. And, well, and the market agreed with us. The, the market the, agreed. The, the, moved, the, it moved a ton, right? It, it moves across two, six. Moved two full points and through six. And... Denver ended up winning outright. I think they were plus 200 by the time it was all said and done. And so that that was a good pick. And and it was our fourth win in the lock of the week out of five. It's because God likes donating to charity. Uh, right. So, um, But in, in any event, you know, that's, that's, that's the good thing. It's a bad thing if you read our picks column on Sunday because oftentimes those numbers are not available to you. But uh, if, uh, as they come out on Thursday, um, 
that that's important and and uh so Go get it, yourself a green line subscription a pff elite yeah. subscription you get green line and that actually gets you uh uh great access to to eric at pff underscore eric yeah, it for does, all of actually your, it all of your questions we don't have like time. a slack channel or anything. at okay. any time let's uh, do this okay and and this podcast has been pretty fun in terms of the you know guessing the line movements and everything okay thursday night football by the way these are before games were played today yep we guess what we think the lines should be and then and then we talk about what it is and then we talk about where we think it'll move based upon Who what we know take whatever it is so the giants are going to new england the a rematch of the 07 super bowl a rematch <laughs> of the 2011 super bowl <laughs> things have changed danny dimes I believe his pass rating today when under pressure was 4.9. Not 4.9 yards per attempt. No, it's not but good. But the pass rating was 4.9. Yeah, he bad. struggled, understandably, against a really good Vikings defense at home. I guessed that the number would be minus 14.5. I, I sort of thought New England would play the way they played early against Washington the whole game. Okay, they ended up turning it on a little bit at the end and being more impressive. And I thought the Giants would put up a little bit more of an effort against the Vikings. Ooh. Um, so you're saying that you, uh, you were wrong on both sides of it. I was, and that, and, and that the line reflects that. Um, not by uh, much, but yeah. Okay, I said sixteen and a half, and it is sixteen currently. Uh, the Giants, if you want to bet the plus sixteen, it's minus one hundred five. So as you can imagine, it is trending towards your direction at yep. sixteen and a half. So that's 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 a good thing. Um, total on this game forty four and a half, which means uh, landslide. Well, this uh, this doesn't surprise me at all, and the, this is the reason I thought it would be over sixteen, and it will get over sixteen. Is the euphoria about Daniel Jones is slowly subsiding as we realize that there's a reason that maybe people didn't think he was consensus top five pick, yeah, um, and that Bill Belichick does one thing particularly well, and that is absolutely eat rookie quarterbacks, yeah, and Danny Dimes. Which is the worst nickname I have heard in well, a very long time. Well, he doesn't live up to it. Just horrible. What a terrible nickname. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Jones is going to get the full Bill Belichick treatment because he's coming in here with a lot of fanfare. You know Belichick. And you know also, you know who's going to be a little motivated for this? Tom Brady. Right, because right? he's lost he's, two Super Bowls. He's lost two and Super Bowls. And he's lost regular season games to the Giants in, in 2011 as well. And the Giants gave them a game... To finish seventeen and zero in two thousand and seven, and this is a new kid on the block, right? right? So I, I'm I I really think sixteen and a half is the is the. I number. brought up the total because on one hand, New England's only surrendered one offensive touchdown this season, right? On the other hand, a sixteen with a forty four and a half, right? Like they're basically if you are laying the points with the Patriots here, you're you're either taking the over. Or you are assuming that the Giants are held scoreless-ish, mm-hmm. right? And that those are tough to square, but to the degree that defense is predictable, and our friend Josh Hermsmeyer wrote about it this week, not particularly predictable. 538.com. But, but the, the defense is not particularly predictable, but if you go on past performances, the Patriots are one of the best in the league right now, and the Giants you know, don't have a lot in the way of offensive weapons. So this is an interesting game. For me, it's Patriots or pass. And I... Yeah, and it's going to be this way anytime a really good team is playing one of the five really crappy teams in the NFL this year. I can't, I just can't back some of these teams. By the way, the balls on Josh to write that article before the Patriots defense plays 
the Redskins and the Giants is is something. Now it's what do I expect? Yeah, he's a man of conviction. That's something that's actually good. fairly consistent. Um mm-hmm. whereas defense is not. But yeah. you know, could look they could look good against yeah. uh, the Giants. But at the same time, the what I was gonna message Josh, this is really interesting. So um we were looking at player props. Alvin Kamara's like rushing prop has basically stayed the same every single game this year. And if to me, if that's not a a huge like like hey defense doesn't matter like signal I don't know what it is right because they play different defenses every week but it's his rushing prop has been like sixty six and a half every single week where yeah. I look so kind of interesting I mean, and I think that's where he really came up with it it's like when you're projecting fantasy points the parsimonious way is to look and say defense doesn't matter and if you want to layer in second and third order stuff that's where it does yeah the problem is that people on the internet read 200 and whatever characters and right. that usually doesn't say it all but i agree with you unlike this week the london game is going to be played in the morning 9:30 so i do you like that uh yeah i hate that How, explain to me why that's good from a from a playing perspective or from a watch like a viewing of the game perspective a viewing of the game perspective well i like it because i i think like if you're like getting ready to watch football games and you just have one on in the background. That's kind of fun. Okay. I never really get intently into these games, but it does like, you know, and I don't know what your preparation is. Like when you get up and like you look at the inactives and all that kind of stuff, you try to see, okay, well, how's the, how are these games? You maybe lay some bets down, all this kind of stuff. You look at props. Having a game on in the background is kind of fun. I mean, I work out. See, that's the difference between you and me because even though I've lost some weight and I can – beat you in basketball one out of every three or four games i don't work out as in, as as intensely on the weekends now, as i do during the week now to be honest with you i actually don't mind having the game on in the background when i work out but i also like on sunday to like clean the house yeah, sure uh, you know the things that i don't want to have to worry about a football game being on do you know you know what's great for that though college football College football is not great. For College football is a clean the dishes type event. I agree. Uh, okay, so <laughs> Carolina, Tampa Bay, Car- Tampa Bay dropped a a game they should have probably won today, um, but in, they, in predictable fashion. In predictable fashion, that line moved a ton. By the way, six and a half all the way down to three. All flat. the way down to three flat. Um, it was a fairly popular pick in the Super Contest. By the way, the number one pick in the Super Contest was the Chicago Bears. Uh, <sighs> Hate to see that. Yeah, it was a rough one. Luckily, was not a, did not have a great week in the Super Contest, but at least didn't have the Bears. Yeah. So I said that the Tampa Bay Jameis Winstons, I, I thought they were going to have a decent Same here. Uh, show against the Saints, in large part because I just didn't think the Saints were going to really stop them, but they dominated defensively kind of up front like it was just and Jameis was off yeah it was weird and uh, and teddy played pretty damn well stop uh i have tampa bay favored by five and a half uh over the kyle allens and that's going to be too high and i had tampa at three and a half um this is tampa's only nominal home game in this five game stretch um and that that's a bad scheduling quirk for them yep they are only favored by one and a half currently and in fact it's juiced towards carolina total on this game 48 um that's ridiculous now 
uh, granted, I, so I took two things into account. I thought that Tampa Bay was going to put up a very strong showing against the Saints, potentially win. I also don't think Carolina is that great and thought there was a decent chance that they lose to the Jaguars. One and a half, though, like Tampa Bay, Kyle Allen, I mean, was was like really bad today. Yeah, he didn't. Pl- I went back and looked because I saw it was a high scoring game, and it's we like, had we leaned on the over a little they, bit. They won because Christian McCaffrey ran all over them. Well, and they got a lot of you know short fields with defense. Brian Burns scored a touchdown. Yeah, that's right. They had a lo- They busted a long run when Jacksonville was trying to come back, et cetera, et cetera. I I look back and Kyle Allen didn't play terrific, and it was no. strange. No, he, he was not bad. good. Um, I have to look back. I mean, it is troubling if you're thinking about, for us, we, we really like Tampa Bay's improvement defensively, the mm-hmm. Shaq Barrett's of the world. You, you were lamenting the fact, who, who got kicked out of that game? Was it Carlton Davis? Yeah, who's their best corner. Yeah, and it was early on in the it game. It was early in the game. It sucked because Michael Thomas absolutely ate all game. Yeah. And, it, and it, it was down it, the field for Teddy, too, which is weird. And like, and I it just was, hate that. I hate throwing a player out of that game unless he's like actually pulling out a weapon on the field. If it's not like an awful, awful, terrible, yeah. horrible, clearly Unless it's some Richie Incognito or Vontes Burfick stuff, just let him play. Find him later. Suspend him if it ends up being bad. But what you do is you just you yeah, destroy the professional integrity and like competitive balance of that particular game that's already started and I hate that. Yeah. Uh, so, so we both think maybe well in this line. I already see it at minus one somewhere. You think I will be on the Tampa Bay side I, of that I, I, all with day you. long, all day long. And 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 I think you know the thing is is <laughs> bad Jameis hits you like a ton of bricks. Yep. But if you're an opposing defense, good Jameis hits you like a ton of bricks. And I still don't think Carolina is a is a terribly great defense. I think they struggle in coverage. I think their pass rush is fine. I think their linebackers are good. But I don't think, you know, I think Tampa Bay completes the season sweep here. Yeah. So um, I, Ross Cockrell was not good today. I do. Uh, James Bradbury is playing. I mean, he was not playing well for the majority of his yeah. career, but has had a little bit of a bounce back this year, um, yeah. which, you know, We'll see if yeah, that they continues. did shut down Houston. Although Houston usually is the team that shuts down themselves. So um, anyway, but this will be this will be a fun game for our season win totals today. We did pretty well on the on the unders, right? Tennessee lost, uh, Dallas lost, Chicago mm-hmm. lost. Tampa Bay has a little bit of work to do to get to over six and a half. You know they they you know this might be this would be a good step in that direction. Uh, let's look at. Wow, speaking of speaking of poop, Washington and the Miami Dolphins. I have this as a pick'em because who the hell cares? I had Washington at plus or sorry, Washington at minus four and a half on the road against Miami and the market ten is is between us here. The Washington Washingtons are minus three and a half in Miami. Miami coming off of a bye too. Total on this game forty one. Great. Do you think the Ukrainian whistleblower starts at quarterback? He'll get better protection in one of those <laughs> settings. I don't know. <laughs> what an awful game. Okay, let's move on. Um, Cincinnati, our Bengals, at 0-5. Uh, 
bad. Travel to, is it M&T Bank Stadium to face the Baltimore Ravens, newly minted off of a overtime win to break their two-game losing streak against the Division II quarterback Pittsburgh Steelers. I said the Ravens would be minus 10.5 going into the day. I said minus 10. And it is minus 12. The Bengals could not even beat the Arizona Cardinals at home. The Ravens do come out with a road win. Yeah. I'm surprised by that, and here's why. The road win means an asterisk, right? They didn't even cover the spread. It it had gone down to three, so they pushed, but it was three and a half early in the week. So I'm not a huge Andy Dalton fan. Yeah. Obviously. But uh, showed some spunk today. Sure, that's what you want to call it. But um, this uh, this Devlin Hodges guy sounds like a, a fullback, James Devlin. <laughs> Hodges also a uh, dude went seven for nine, uh, seven and a half yards per attempt. Didn't take a sack. Hit Juju in stride on the fumble that ended. That basically lost the game. Um, you know, completed three passes, ten plus yards downfield. So that would worry me a little bit. And Andy Dalton's certainly better than that. And, um, you know, the, the, the Ravens escape with a win, whereas the Bengals, you know, fought and lost. So, like, I don't know. Ten, the, ten just feels right to me uh, because I don't think the Bengals' defense is, is all that good. The Bengals are, uh, sorry, the, the Ravens' defense. So the Ravens go destroy Miami. And everyone gets super excited about them. But if you just look at the games after that. Their defense is, was the worst in yards per play coming in the week. It's really worrisome, right? So where do you, what do you think about the Ravens? Like, are they the best team in that division? No. They're, they're, the Ravens are, and this is why, like, we talked about the Steelers. And obviously with their quarterback being out, it's all bets are off at this point. But going into the season we had the ravens as more of a 7 or 8 win team mm-hmm. cleveland more of an 8 9 win team pittsburgh a 9ish win team i still believe those things about the baltimore ravens their defense is not very good their offense is extremely inconsistent right when you have a quarterback that struggles with accuracy you are not going to be able to string drives together in an nfl like like this one this particular game, though, Cincinnati's defense is garbage. They gave up over 90 yards rushing to both really bad. David Johnson and Kyler Murray today. Looked like the Arizona Cardinals, to their credit, unleashed Murray a little bit in the ground game. Um, so I don't see the Bengals being able to stop Lamar Jackson and company. They actually did a pretty good job doing it last year in the second meeting, but their defense is just not very good. Dalton, I just don't think can keep up. He threw one pass today over 20 yards down the field. And granted, it was the score that tied the game at the end to Tyler Boyd. But this isn't a good offense. They, no. they rammed Joe Mixon into the back of a terrible offensive line repeatedly all game. And then they, they asked Dalton to throw to a set of receivers for whom Tyler Boyd is the best. And he's decent, but they don't have any secondary options. So for me, I'm just laying completely off this game because I don't believe in either team. And even though I'm getting a ton of points with Cincinnati, like they have not shown a propensity to be able to hang with decent teams other than Seattle in week one, and that was mostly a fluke, I think. I would I would partition the NFL into four groups right now. There's the um there's the Patriots and the Chiefs. There's the NFC group of five or six. Mm-hmm. There's the 
I have no idea who these teams are. They could all beat each other group of probably 15. And then there's the, we could lose 60 nothing. And the Bengals are in the 60 nothing group. Yeah, yeah. And so that is why I will not be, be wagering on them. Okay, we have a stretch now of a few games that are actually interesting yep. and exciting so let's talk uh, about to them. talk about. Which one do you want to go to first? Let's do... Um, this one's tough, but let, let's go Houston at Kansas City. Okay, I like this one. So, um, I think I, I think I may have. I don't know. I'll see. I'm curious what you said here. I have Kansas City favored by six and a half. We're close. I have Kansas City favored by seven and a half. This was before today's games, where Houston absolutely had sure. a bye week, and then uh, Kansas City lost at home to a Colts team. I don't see the line out here yet. I think a lot has to do with how healthy Mahomes is, right? I mean, oh, maybe that. Yeah. Let me um, see if I can find it somewhere. Um, I I would not. <laughs> Mahomes finished the game, so there's no way he's not playing. Sure. Um, That's why I would have expected a line here. Yeah. It's, it takes a while. I don't even see it. I don't see it on Pinnacle either. So, um, oh, maybe. Uh, I see minus eight. Minus eight. Okay, so so both of us are sort of on the right track. And you that, you got me there. And that Kansas City is 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 favored by a little bit more. Are oh. you laying the points with the Chiefs in this in this spot? Well, clearly not. Shorter I week. Said, I said six and a half. Um, eight. Now I thought the I thought Kansas City would win this game, obviously against the Colts, and then I kind of saw this as being a. This is the first time the Chiefs have to face a, a real team here, and I'm obviously wrong. I just love Deshaun Watson as an underdog. Yeah, that is something that I want to invest in. Um, and they had just this cupcake walk, so I don't think I am. Uh, Deshaun Watson today, by the way, oh. was absolutely sensational, and he did so without usually when Deshaun Watson has a big game. It's because DeAndre Hopkins, you know, does too. And he had a good game, he had a but good not game, a... But it wasn't, you know, sensational. Um, I mean, it was the Falcons, so, like, it doesn't really count. But um, <laughs> Watson was four for five on passes, 20-plus yards downfield. He had 350 yards from a clean pocket, 156. He was six, five rating. six for six for 110 yards, throwing to Will Fuller against Isaiah Oliver alone. And 14 of 16 for 217, three touchdowns throwing to Will Fuller in general. That is... Dude, he was sensational. He didn't take a sack, which is nuts. How you don't sack Deshaun Watson one time? Well, they finally got some production in the passing game from the tight end. Darren Fells had two touchdowns on his only two targets. How about the catch? Dude, I... People, I can't imagine, watch football in the same way that we do. And so, you know, like lose their minds when these things happen but darren fails mossing a safety made the safety look like an undersized linebacker in the the touchdown that probably broke the the back for this one this has the potential to be the most exciting game of the weekend i think uh what's the total on this is there uh you you found the line I, i didn't see a total on it unfortunately okay what do you think the total will be Oh, man. I mean, so Chiefs have been – today was 56. That went way under. Prior, 54, right? We got the other day. And then – so it's been in the mid-50s for the last three games. I would say this one, you might touch 60. 
Because Houston's good. defense is terrible. I think it's getting to 60, Can't. and I want to know who's taking that under. <laughs> because. Well, they'll be spooked a little bit from this game, right? Because, like, everybody's been gravy training. Sure. Kansas City's over, and then this game doesn't even get half those uh, points. Is Hill. Uh, he practiced some this week. There's a chance he'll play this fine, week. Man, he looks good. Well, and the, the issue is Watkins, right? So Watkins played, like, maybe a snap or two before. What about Pringle, though? I mean. Were you a Pringles guy? No, I my my kids like Pringles. I'm you don't like Pringles? No, really? Nope. Um, I think you're the first person I met that doesn't like Pringles. Yeah, it's okay. What's your favorite snack food? You're on a long road trip. Oh, uh, it's the Gargettos. Those are like those, oh, those, those are good. rye chips. Yeah, those, those are, my are really 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 good. You know what sucks is when you get the trail mix though, and you get the other crap. Ugh. Yeah, but and you can buy there. just the rye chips right, now. Right. No, yeah, those, those are great. That's a really good call. Um, also just like little carrots, mm, baby yeah. carrots. If I'm trying to, if I'm trying to be healthy, squeeze a little lemon juice on them. No. You ever try that? No. You're, not, you're not a sour guy. You're more sweet. That's... Okay. Let's, um, let's move on to another great game, which I think will be interesting, which is Philadelphia at Minnesota. Good. You picked the right one. If you picked a different one, I was going to make us go to this one. Because this is a game that I am very excited for. And I am curious if you will be as excited for it as I am. I think that the Vikings will be favored by three. I said two and a half, and you are right. They are favored by three. It's juiced a little towards Minnesota. I cannot tell you how excited I am for next week on Thursday when we take the Philadelphia Eagles as our lock of the week. (laughs) <laughs> because let me tell you what I what I what I envision. Step into my office here. Let me get on my crystal ball for you. Because Fletcher Cox is a big man. Fletcher Cox is hungry. And I think Fletcher Cox is literally gonna pull up a table with a white tablecloth, get a really nice bottle of some vintage Chianti, and eat the entirety of the offensive line and Kirk Cousins in this game. And Carson Wentz is the exact type of quarterback quarterbacking the exact type of offense uh-huh. that I want in a game in Minnesota that they have to win. This uh is something that I'm I'm looking forward to. You are excited for this game. I Do you agree with my sentiment here? I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. So obviously I am pro Eagles. Well, and I and anytime I can take the other side of the Vikings playing <laughs> a good team. I, I will try. The only issue here is the Vikings under Zimmer have been very, very, very good at home. And and this has this has crossed some of these good teams. Last year, now Green Bay didn't finish the season as a good team, but they still had Aaron Rodgers last year. Um they gave. They sh- should have probably won the Saints game last year. They turnovers were really the thing that turned that game around. Um, so that's my only pause here. That being said, I am in no universe laying the points of the Vikings in this situation. Yeah, I mean, especially if it gets out to three and a Dude, half. Come, I mean, just I mean, you you've already called. I, I think Wentz, Wentz is playing so much better than people think. He was our highest-graded quarterback going into the week. He had 12 drops, which is among the league's highest, if not the league's highest. He's starting to get healthy. I mean, the fact that they're like above 500, having a couple like sort of close losses without Deshaun Jackson, right? Like They have all these excuses that other teams would make, and the thing about it 
is the fact that they get 33% more downs than everybody else, mm-hmm. right? And it's, you know, the, it's really unfair of the league to give it to them, you know, but they, they just do that. And so they can be down a couple players and still run circles. The Vikings still here are, you know, kind of in some, in many ways, dragging their knuckles, uh, running the football extremely well today. Dalvin Cook's the best running back in the NFL. They're going to be, we're going to be talking about, as I tweeted the other day, we're going to be talking about, hey, can you win with a defense and a running game in today's NFL? Uh, I'm all over the Eagles, I think, here. Yeah, I'm curious if Deshaun Jackson comes back. I mean, obviously they weren't going to play him against the Jets because who the hell would play him against the Jets? He's, a, he's a player that can really hurt a defense like the Vikings yes. because their corners <laughs> are of the big and physical variety, and Deshaun Jackson's of the I'm-going-to-run-by-this-nonsense variety. So uh, we saw Rhodes again hurt today. Mike Hughes had an, it looked like he had a nice game playing nickel. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander's out, so they, they're lacking a little bit of depth, much like the Eagles are in the secondary. So I'm glad that you like this game. Uh, I like it as well. Let's talk then about another game that should be pretty close, which is Seattle at Cleveland. Now, I know Cleveland hasn't played yet. Seattle played a while back. This, again, you're looking at Cleveland's schedule as being like, this kind of sucks. You got Cleveland you know, one fewer day of rest. You have Seattle three additional days of rest. Seattle does go on the road though. They play an easy, you know, a noon game. I believe it's an yeah, it, it's an early game. Um so there's some things competing here, but I guess that Cleveland would be about a two and a half point favorite here at home. That is what I said as well. And I don't think we have a line because of the the game. My boy Golf Odds might have one here. Um Cleveland, two and a half. Well there we are. So we're Seattle. we're apparently sharp there. I don't really think I don't really think sharp. There's a shrapnel. Shrap. I don't really think that there's a a good side here. It's going to be really interesting again because Cleveland's defense is the type that can make Russell Wilson have to run around and mm-hmm. make brilliant plays. But as you saw the other night, he's capable of doing that. Um, but at the same time, we have so little data on Cleveland. You know, we've seen them for four games. They've been decent for one game. Uh, they had a bye week against the Jets, and they've been bad for two other games. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see what where this moves after tomorrow night. Or tonight, Monday morning. Is Russell Wilson... Remember we were talking about the quarterbacks you'd want to win Yeah, you know, tomorrow uh, if you had a game? And I think we were both Mahomes, Brady, and then I think you had Breeze and Rivers and Wilson and then Wentz. And I had Wilson, Wentz, and then or Breeze kind of tied there with with Wentz, um, and then Rivers. Has Wilson put himself closer? Like how close is the? Are you saying, hey, there's this giant chasm between Mahomes and Brady and Wilson? Because I don't actually think I feel that way anymore. No, I mean, I I was planning on I you know we we didn't get to talk after the the Thursday night game. Wilson has been this guy the entire time. I agree. I, I and and we see it manifest itself more uh, loudly in games like Thursday night, where it was needed, and 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 it was the higher it was two sigma above his average, right? But his average is pretty high, pretty darn good, and he does it to save his coach, right? Like yeah. Pete Carroll, that fourth and. One decision was one of the worst decisions we saw this week, and you know we'll write about it tomorrow. It was just 
like, what are you doing, man? But it it gives Russell Wilson the opportunity, right? That 10-point swing gives Russell Wilson the opportunity to Unbelievable. You know, go out and make uh, some spectacular throws and end up winning that game. Um, even though they probably still shouldn't have. Well, and, you know, he doesn't have the clunkers that he used to have, right? Like I remember in 2016 he had a few games where he was literally unplayable, right? Um, I mean, he did have that Chicago game last year. Yeah. That wasn't great. Yeah, I mean, but they're fewer and further between, right? And they they do protect – like in that sense, they sort of protect him against against bad variants. But honestly, you need Wilson to be so good to win with that team that who gives a crap if he's average or t- negative two sigma because you're losing anyway in those both of those cases. He didn't cases. have a shot to begin with. Yeah. So, um, but no, I, I mean, he's, you know, if he gets to win an MVP, that'd be great because honestly, he's been this good for this long. And people, he, let's see him get first team all pro or second team all pro for the first he time in his career. Definitely deser- deserves. He deserves a lot of recognition for being this good. I, I can't, I couldn't imagine a guy as good as Russell Wilson playing a career and not winning an MVP. Now here's so the thing. saturated now for Mahomes. He's got to beat last year's. It's you know it's the returning thing, right, or the repeating thing. He's got to beat last year's numbers, or else some it opens the door for someone else. And Brady's not having that great of a season. Breeze is hurt, right? Luck is gone. Rogers is not having that great of a season. Prescott and Jackson are out. Really, if the Seahawks are at the front of that division. It's Seahawks. I mean, it's uh, Russell Wilson, yeah, who's, yeah. who's the guy there. So, if they get a first round bye, he should be in consideration for the MVP, especially. And I think this is one of the reasons Mahomes was, in addition to his outrageous statistics. But when the when the dust settles on on Seattle, people are going to realize they have a bad defense. People are going to realize that their coach, in many ways, holds them back, and they're. Uh, supporting cast is a basically like what a late round pick from Oklahoma State, Tyler Lockett, and a bad offensive line, and Will Disley, right? And that's like that's going to emerge as oh look, this guy's doing it all by himself, and that's in many ways what people saw with Mahomes in the sense that like oh look, Kareem Hunt's you know like yeah. all of that, all those narratives. Um, but it's a good conversation to have. Okay, let's stay in uh, the same division, San Francisco. This should be the Sunday night game. It's not, unfortunately. But the Niners, who may or may not be undefeated at this point, will be playing in Los Angeles against the Rams. I said the Rams would be five-and-a-half-point favorites. And I said the Rams would be two-and-a-half-point favorites. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, My reasoning for this is that I I think people are going to overreact to Thursday night. And I I think San Francisco will win... And relatively convincingly, well, Rams are four point favorites. Right okay, now. so you're more right than me. So, what what does what does we talked about this already? But what does San Francisco have to do for this to be more like my number than your number? Probably win by ten plus. Yeah, I agree. Who's the better quarterback in this game? Jimmy G. I don't disagree with you, and he's getting five and a half points. Um, Sounds like an opportunity. Yeah, it sounds like an opportunity. Uh, and this is a game where the coaching, you know, I think McVeigh has a. I, I want to give McVeigh a shout out and a admonish, uh, admonish him yeah. at the same time, which is his second half adjustments. I, I think have been very solid. Right, they in that game against you know Seattle should have won that game, um, and that is 
something that I don't think we saw last year. But I just don't understand the lack of aggressiveness or it's not the lack of logic on fourth downs. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's so weird. And Shanahan, honestly, is basically the same person, right? Like his offense is tremendous. He is going to scheme you to death, but he's also going to punt and kick field goals left and right. right. And it's like, what, are you, what is the plot point? And, and there was a point at which last year, I know, again, we talked about our friend Oscar, but he was saying it was part of the tank, right? Like that they didn't, that they yes. weren't. I was fully on board yeah. with that, by the way. But but now when they're actually trying to win, it's a little annoying. The um, the here's a here's a question. Doug Peterson is X percent of the play caller of these two men. Twenty percent. Okay, I was going to say more like seventy, but they, he's still a, a great deal below these guys yeah. in terms of play for play scheming, all that I, kind of stuff. I also think a lot of the Doug, the good Doug Peterson stuff, is Andy Reid. Sure. But, but but my my point is the same as yours. Point is probably a little lean. My my point is the same as yours. Whereas I don't think Peterson, from a play for play perspective or from a scheme perspective, is great. I think he's good enough, and and he gives his team a better chance to win by simply playing game theory way better than these two guys, right? Whereas McVeigh and Shanahan have really changed the way the game, the game of football is played in different ways for the two of them, and yet. They still suck. They still leave points on the board. Like, how much more of an advantage is it just for you to play game theory better, a mm-hmm. couple no, times a game, than to grind out percent, you know, small percentages of points on a play for play basis? It's really alarming um, because these two guys could run the league if they if they actually they just took advantage. Yeah. It's fascinating. Does the winner of this game win the division? Yeah. I don't. I like. I've. I, I like. I like Seattle. I think you know, uh, as a team, I've. I've always kind of rooted for them a little bit. Um, Wilson's a great story and everything. But I just. I just don't like them. I don't like their defense. I don't like their supporting cast. I, I don't see like, the angst that I you have. I, I don't like how much they run the football. Like there's so many things I don't like about the Seahawks, fundamentally that I just don't think they're going to be there at the end. This is the game that when you pay Jared Goff that amount of money. He's got to win. But if the Niners win this game... Same with Jimmy G, though. No, he's an underdog. By five points, four and a half, five points, whatever it is. But what I'm saying is, if he does win this game, then you go, every dollar I spent was well worth it. Now, if he loses it and it's a close game, you're like, well, look, we're still a year away. But for Jared Goff, this is the game you've got to win. Um, Are there any good games left? Uh, New Orleans-Jacksonville? Yeah, let's let's talk about that game because because the line here is, and actually this is a game. Did I not? I actually didn't see this one. So uh, you're you're gonna have to give us your guess. Uh, what did I say here? I had Jacksonville at home as a two and a half point underdog. What would you? What do you think about that? Well. I I actually don't know now that I I I had for some reason left it off, but it's a pick'em, with with a little bit of juice toward you know minus one fifteen towards the Saints, minus one hundred five to Jags. Can you explain this to me? I can't. That's the thing. I I, I told you how much I like the Saints as a team. Uh, okay. Obviously, let's my start, my feelings for Bridgewater. Let's are start here open, out in the open. I unlike you am an unbiased Teddy Teddy Bridgewater evaluator. You are. I. Along with you, am a Gardner Minshew supporter. 
right? Yeah, I mean, who isn't? Exactly. And I don't think there's a big difference in terms of the quarterback here in this game. Okay. I'll grant you, I'll grant you the respect. Do you think there is? I mean, they both have noodles. It, I would say that most people would say there is a decided advantage for the Jaguars from a quarterbacking standpoint in this game. Really? Yes. You, you're surprised by that? Are you kidding me? Have you watched the Saints play with Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback? It's absolutely disgusting. Well, well y- see, we talked about this last week. I claimed that it's horrific. Look, I, I, I claimed that Bridgewater, Bridgewater's throwing down the field was a situation of omission and not commission. Right, that he wasn't throwing down the field because he simply didn't have to, mm-hmm. and the game against Dallas was a big egg on my face because they should have thrown downfield because they did not win that game decidedly. Today against Tampa Bay, he was four for four for over 120 yards, throwing the ball over 20 yards in the air. Yes, because because he had to. No, because the Bucks secondary was taken away from them by the referees. So, no, but but my point is that he it's not that he can't do it. It's that he wasn't doing it. And whereas I think as 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 weak as Bridgewater's arm could be, I think that Gardner Minshew has a worse arm. And then more to the point, the shade. More to the point. I think Minshew's great. I think Minshew's going to be a starter in this league. The Jacksonville offense is nowhere near as talented as the Saints offense. I mean, that's the, that's the bigger. And to me, that's the bigger part of the handicap than just the quarterback isolated, right? Because Bridgewater, you say whatever you want about him. He got the ball in Michael Tom. He got the ball in the best player on the field's hands a number of times today. Yes, because he was running wide open across the field no, at all times. No, come on. I mean, yes. the, the throw. Okay. The, what? the flat. What? You, you, that mimic of the throw was way more aggressive of a throwing motion than Teddy Bridgewater's actual motion. One of these days, we'll have to like grind the film and watch some Bridgewater, and he, one of us will. One of us will. Teddy Bridgewater's uh, passes remind me of like a paper bag floating through the air, like in a beautiful. What was it? Uh, <laughs> the one with uh, Kevin Spacey, uh, American sure. Beauty, or whatever. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's just a bag, but yeah, that's, that's what it reminds me of. Okay, well. But you like, p- you like the Saints here if, if you're not having to lay the, any points. The pick em is ridiculous to me. Yeah, it's not on some of these places I'm looking. So maybe, maybe there's like a, I don't know, I, that, that Teddy Bridgewater under six and a half wins as a starter prop is right? starting to look bad. If he has to start seven games and he's 6-0, and oh, how much? Well, but Breeze was throwing a small football today. Oh, good. Andrew Luck threw a small football last year, too, and yeah. look where he is. Okay. So that's good. Thank God. I even forgot about that prop. Um, I would have put like my savings on it too. Here's here's one. Okay, like let's let's just glaze over a couple here. Yeah, Was- let's, let's run through Washington at Miami. We already did that one. Okay, we already. Did- oh yeah, that's right. Okay, sorry. I wanted to do Atlanta so little that I that you wanted to do Washington <laughs> Miami more. Atlanta at Arizona. Where are you? I pegged this perfectly because I foresaw when <laughs> I, when I was. I was in the airport this morning and I did these and I thought to myself, self, what's the most likely outcome for the Falcons today? And I realized it was an absolute train wreck, a dumpster fire that I would be clawing my eyes out. And sure enough, I was. And you had similar opinion of the Bengals and hence. And hence I have the uh, Cardinals as a pick at home. 
I had Cardinals at plus four and a half. I was a little bit more optimistic, and it is right smack dab between us. Cardinals are two point dogs at home, and you we are you would bet people are going to bet Arizona money line all week, right? The same reason, like people are going to, and the Falcons are going to win by twenty one. Yep, and that's and that's how it's going to happen. Is Dan Quinn the coach of the Falcons? That's I was game. just going to say that. Um, Should he be? Have they ever? Have they ever fired a coach during this? I'm trying to think. Not of, that I can remember. Yeah, because well, Bobby Petrino left them. Did they fire Mike Smith during? The, I think they fired him after the season was I over. Thought it was the day after. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's interesting to ask that because like right, like Dan Reeves, he left, I believe, after a certain. Uh, so, what, what do you think? What do you think that? What do you think they do? I don't do think, think they, they do. do. I I think they honestly now that they're one and four, again for the second straight year, I think that they. They see if they can't like, you know, circle the wagons. I could be wrong, and and I think it, it would be the you know I don't want to call for anybody's head, but it's clearly an issue that the it's the same shit with the Falcons every time. It's, it's <laughs> awful, man. It is so awful. There is, can we make a pact? We just never. Yeah, we're just never entertaining it again. I mean, not. I thought it was a solid move in the market move with us, but whatever. Okay, here's one I kind of like actually because. Who's the next coach at the Atlanta Falcons? It's an exciting job. Yeah. Well, so they normally zigzag, right? So the defense, I mean, it has to be an offensive. It guy. has to be an offensive There's guy. Just no way. All those poor Matt Ryan, Zach Robinson. Love it. <laughs> I'm here for that. Yeah. Zach Robinson, future coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Let's get it started. We need to start that rumor tomorrow. What? What about a uh, um, uh, Eric Bieniemy? No, Riley. Yeah, here's the kind of so southern boy, Texas, you know, Georgia. Here's the here's the bad thing. You know what I think the bad thing is? I don't think he'd take it. Uh, I think you get to coach Julio stinky. and Matt Ryan and and uh, and uh, you know you know what and, I think uh, you know what and, I think's, and that defense and <laughs> you know what I think is going to happen. I think we're right that the Cowboys aren't that good, and I think Lincoln Lincoln Riley gets the, how bad uh, do the Cowboys have to finish for Garrett not to make it through the offseason uh, like nine uh, and seven? Oh no I, I think they can legitimately make the playoffs and and win a game and he can get canned yeah. because the the expectations are just that high um Tennessee at Denver yeah that was what I was going to go to I <sighs> I thought it would be a pick em. I had Denver fared by two and a half and that's where it is and you know why because Marcus Mariota is absolute well, butt. And here's, here's he's trash. And and that whole team is just weird, Ugh. man. You've got you're missing four field goals. You're down uh, seven, and Mike Vrabel is kicking a fifty yard field goal with the guy that the has worst come decision close. of the weekend. What was that? What are you doing, dude? Josh Allen, like I said in that How game, that no possible? one threw a pass over twenty yards on field. Josh Allen was booty. All Do game. you understand that you only get three points if, by some miracle, this kicker actually makes the kick? I mean, the uh, unbelievable. But if you look, what I like, what I like about this game is the narrative about Denver's defense. People are going to be like, "Oh, they had no sacks again today against Philip Rivers." They did have eighteen hurries and three hits. Right? Like their defense, process-wise, Vaughn Miller had seven hurries today. This is going to be like a seven-sack game for Denver. And everybody's going to be like, oh, their defense is back. 
you know, all these guys, all oh, the uh, Derek Wolf playing out of his mind, Vaughn Miller's finally, you know, being the player that we we pay him to be, blah blah blah, and it's all gonna it's gonna talk about sort of like the precariousness of pre- you know sacks and pressures and all that kind of stuff. So because Mariota is going to be a statue in that pocket so, all day. So do you think then that this game against the Chargers was a turning point for the Broncos? No. Or is it or do they come back, you know, down to earth? I don't think they come back down to earth. I think honestly Denver, you know, we were wa- we were watching, you know, Philip Lindsay's, you know, I was a little bit like uh bearish on him because of all the yards before contact but man does he like run the ball i mean like in terms of like speed like he just hits the hole extremely fast and that offense depends upon him a lot um so royce freeman is also good like i think like if flacco if flacco is in rhythm and they're and they're fairly like when he's in rhythm that opens up decent stuff for their offense uh and Cortland sutton was great like I think even if we get a back-to-average performance from Denver, it's more than good enough to beat this nonsense. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I I don't think the Titans can cover uh, Sutton and, and Sanders. I should say Sanders and Sutton because that's the order in which they should be referred. Yeah. Um, I think two and a half is a little, little low. Uh, a game that no one cares about. The Dallas Cowboys are playing in New York against the New York Jets. And your thoughts. I was dumb and said Jets. Because I think Darnold's playing in this game. I said I Jets plus ten and a half. That's exactly what I said. So we're and that line's not up because Darnold, right? I mean Who cares? Yeah. Okay. Pittsburgh at the Chargers. This is Sunday night football. Uh, going into the day. This is just an exercise because, you know, I, it doesn't look like Mason Rudolph's gonna come back no. from the dead and play Hopefully this game. Hopefully he's alive. So I said Chargers would be favored by six and a half. I said five. Okay. I think it's probably out towards double digits now if they if they're playing uh, Matt Flynn at quarterback. Yeah, my, my reasoning was that this Pittsburgh fans travel better than any other, and this would legitimately be a home game for the Steelers. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, it, I think honestly their chance of winning would have been better if um, if you know the Chargers had won today. <laughs> yeah, but I think the Chargers losing is sort of a wake up call, and to the degree that you know. Uh, that matters. I expected the Chargers to win just by less than six and a half. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if there's really anything that interesting to talk about here except for how are the Chargers going to somehow get themselves into like a possible playoff scenario in week 16 and 17? Because you know that's going to happen. But right now it doesn't look super good, right? Their defense is incredibly um, bad. Yep. And their offense – Keenan Allen's so good. He was shut down today. But, man, there's just something that doesn't click with it. And I don't know if it's Phillip Rivers. I don't know if it's the offensive scheme. Um, But it it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it has a whole lot of diversity. And, uh, well, and they, and I say that from a passing standpoint. Yeah, I mean, well, I just think their offense tries too hard. They, they gave the ball 12 times to Melvin Gordon, who got, basically eight yards before contact today miss, broke one tackle right they force fed him the ball in the run game yep. and then they're like look austin eckler's great right we need to keep keep giving him the ball so then they reserved the passing game for that which he caught all 15 of his targets but just for 86 yards you know negative seven so he basically averaged negative half a yard 
ADOT, right? Not great. And like those targets come from uh, are taken away from other people, right? So Keenan Allen only gets six targets, right? That's not a good thing for your offense. Uh, and if he only turned them into eighteen yards. Like they need to like that's the thing about having running backs that are not superstars that have like low self esteem because the offense can sort of run the way it wants to run, and you don't have to earmark plays for these players, right? Like yep. that's the point. And unfortunately, I think the Chargers tried too hard to incorporate both backs into the game plan. And while they're both good players, that does not necessarily make for good offense. And and we saw that today. I I couldn't agree more. Um, this game obviously not as exciting with uh, and certainly not lined yet. Devlin Hodges. Uh, Monday Night Football is that right? Detroit yep. Green Bay. And I had Green Bay. Oh, this is actually a good game. Yeah, that's true. I had Green Bay at home, favored by four and a half. I said three and a half. And it is Green Bay minus six. I mean, this is this is L O Bring it. Bring me all of the Lions tickets. This is L O W material. I need them all. All yeah. of them. Give yeah. me every single one. Six? Yeah. Right, because we're we're getting a similar, although they're not at home, but we're getting a similar idea with with the Niners. You're you're getting the 15 days off. You're coming off of a like a loss where you know it's not as impressive now that the Chiefs went and blew one against Indianapolis, but a pretty good loss, right? You can actually go make these bets right now. By the way, the reason we do this is so that right now, if you've made it through all 1,700 million minutes yeah. of this podcast, you could go bet you these. You could go bet this right now. So Monday sucks, but sucks a little bit less yeah. when you're able to make this happen. Yeah. So, so, you know, in in fewer words than, than, than maybe other games, I think Detroit's the right side here, and I'm really interested to see what Greenline says because if – and and I know this game was at home, but like, I don't think, you know, Detroit was six point dogs at home, six and a half to Kansas City, and mm-hmm. I and I understand that Lambeau Field is a thing, but six they should not be six point dogs flipping over to Green Bay here. So, is this what what is this? Th- this number Bay- was close to this number was five and a half. I actually looked back at the movement. Yeah. This number hasn't really budged much. Really? Yeah. Because I was just about to ask, what if Green Bay loses to, to well, Dallas? Well, I think if they get blown out, it's different. No, but, but like loses by, you know, five, three, five. I, I mean, I think it's moved one half point in the direction of Green Bay. Better quarterback getting points. Wow. Okay. Detroit plus six. I Let's can't, do it. I just, I need it to show up on this stupid website that I can place a wager on. I've been doing really good. So here's what I do. And I, you know, after we close this podcast, I get on my bike and try not to die on the way home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I get home laying in bed, like I just showered. So you get that little adrenaline rush after the shower and I'm sitting there like, ah, I just open the phone. You get a little Instagram scroll and then you're like, Oh, you know what? I can play some bets. I can place bets. And then I go on there and I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Eric and I just talked about this. And I've actually been, I've been doing nicely. And the great thing about that is now I reserve. I don't do any betting other than the lock of the week, basically, for the rest of the week. I think that's probably the, the smart way to do I it. I think it's very sound. So you're welcome. Um, this was fun, as usual. We will be back on Thursday. 
Peace out. Thanks, guys. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get uniquely yours ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details.